Hello, this is your host, Sonata Allison, and welcome back to the Parallel Podcast, where we talk about sexuality as it should be. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Parallel Podcast. So quickly want to remind you guys that I did drop an episode, just a quick one, um, yesterday for the merch drop. I don't want you guys to miss that because there's something going on this week that will be ending next week. So make sure you catch that. All right. So as you guys can see, today's going to be a little spicy episode. Um, I have Angela on the podcast today to talk about the importance of Christians having good sex. And yeah, I think it's important because sex was made for Christians in marriage. So Christians should be having the best sex. So um, yeah, this episode will be really helpful for newlyweds, people who are, um, have been married for 10 years, for 50 years. Like it's a lot of great information. Um, so I know you guys do like when I do the, um, updates for the episodes, what people are listening to. So let me do that really quick and then we will get right into it. So today the trending episodes currently are, um, episode two, which is sexual purity, um, episode one, which is consummating, uh, the custom of consummation, episode three, platonic intimacy and episode 61 designed for pleasure. And let's see who is the top listener this week. It is, oh, France is number two now. That's fun. So it goes United States, France, then Australia. Then we got Kenya there as well. UK's at 12. So <laughs> you guys are still not. <clears throat> But yeah, you guys are in for an awesome episode. Um, So yeah, let's get right into it. All right. Hello, Angela. How are you doing today? I'm good. How are you? Good to hear I'm also doing well. So glad to have you on the podcast. (laughs) I am so excited. I have listened to many of your podcasts and they are delightful. Thank you so much. So when I have a new person on the podcast, as you may already know, I asked them some variation of this question. Um, What is one aspect of God's character that has been most evident in your life? His grace. Every Mm. stupid mistake, he keeps calling me to to continue to proclaim his grace. Mm. You know, like I... Should not. I'm no poster child for what a good Christian should look like. But mm. he continues to say, "No, please, minister, teach about freedom, teach about my grace." Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I think you know all throughout the Bible. That's all throughout the Bible. You know what I'm saying? People just be doing wild stuff left and right. So, but he still uses <laughs> us for whatever yes. reason. He's yes. that good. Um, okay. So can you tell the people who you are and, you know, why you're here? (laughs) Well, if you don't know me, hi, I'm Angela, the Christian sexpert. I teach all about sex and intimacy and Christian marriage. That's pretty much if you've seen any of my TikToks, you guys have heard me say that. Um, and that's what I do. I teach about sex and intimacy in Christian marriage. I am passionate about seeing marriages set three, set free. (laughs) <laughs> not three. That would be weird. Uh, seeing marriages <laughs> set free through grace um, and believing that we don't have to live in the chains that purity culture said that we needed. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that there I have a lot of my followers are still single and are telling me that they 
are watching because they want to be prepared for a healthy marriage mm. and they want to um, counteract all of those purity culture teachings with healthy messaging about what a healthy marriage can look like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I didn't know that. I mean, I, I assume that you're most of your followers will be married women, but that's interesting that it's mostly single. Um, uh, well, it's probably kind of a 50-50 split with like okay. single and married. But what's super interesting about my following is I would say 50% of my followers are not Christians. Okay. A lot of my followers are people who have experienced very deep wounds from the church mm. and a lot of church hurt or they were re- raised in the church and walked away and I get messages weekly about how I'm not a Christian, but your messaging is so healing to me mm. because these are the messages that we never received in the church and we yeah. should have received about mm-hmm. what marriage looks like, what sex looks like, who God is, yeah, all of that. Yeah. And I think, yeah, that's that just speaks to the fact, too, that no one is talking about this stuff. It doesn't matter if you're Christian or not, whatever religion you you claim or if you claim no religion these conversations are not happening. So yeah, that makes complete sense. So for you, what do you feel like kind of set you on this journey to have better sex? Um, so that's a big question. Um, a million. So, okay, let's go back to a million years ago when I was still a teenager (laughs) and, um, I was not raised in a Christian home. So I didn't know. I was raised in a church that teaches that all paths lead up to the mountain, that Mm. we worship Jesus, but, you know, every path is valid, you know, sort of universalism, sort of nonsense. And Mm. um, I, so Pascal says that we all have a God-shaped hole inside of us. And so I deeply felt that hole and I was trying to fill that hole with all kinds of things. Um started having sex at a very young age because I was searching to fill that void that only God could fill, wanted that love and acceptance. Um, and it wasn't until I got saved at 19 that that God-shaped hole was filled. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I walked away from that, um, walked away from relationships and sex with people and all of that committed, you know, did, it was like the early aughts. So I did the whole like, I'm a born again virgin, you know, like that was very popular (laughs) messaging back then and got married. And then I was in college at the time. Good girls from small towns did not go to school to become sex therapists. Good girls from small towns went to school to get their MRS degree Mm. and find a better job. (laughs) I think that's why you went to college 20 years ago. And so I did what good girls from small towns do. I got my undergrad in religion and psychology and I got my MRS degree about a month after graduation. Okay. Um, and, and when she says that, she means getting married because some people yes. may not know. Like you go to a lot of Christian colleges are like that ring before spring stuff, that stuff like that. So, yeah, exactly. Um, and so we always, overall, my husband and I have always had a great sex life. We've had struggles like that are very common to many marriages. Like we had to learn how to be intimate together. We had to learn how to live with another person and be married, you know, and all of that. But because I didn't get saved until later, I missed a good portion of the purity culture teachings. Um, But I did wind up 
teaching some purity culture teachings to the youth that I was working with when we were early married. And I saw the damage Mm. that I had personally inflicted, um, Mm. you know, years later. But anyhow, um, so I continued to study human sexuality because I always found it fascinating on my own time. Um, Became a mom and joined a online ministry for crunchy Christian moms. And every time sex came up in the ministry, because the ministry does a wonderful job of normalizing discussions about sex. And a lot of Christian women's spaces don't normalize talking about sex. It's very hush-hush. But mm-hmm. this ministry does a fantastic job of normalizing that conversation. And so every time sex came up, um, I started answering the questions. And then I started getting tagged to the questions. And then one of my friends was like, paging Angela, the Christian sex expert. And everybody kind of laughed. And we're like, haha, that's true. Um, and then I was asked to join the leadership team for the ministry. And last fall, I was um, talking to my leadership team and I homeschool our eight-year-old son with special needs. Um, And so I was talking to them. I was like, guys, when my son doesn't need me quite so much anymore, I think maybe I'm going to like go into sex therapy full time. Like that would be the dream. And kind of just left it at that. Um, Talked to my husband about it. And he's like, yeah, like you can totally do that when, you know, our son doesn't need you so much and blah, blah, blah. Well, in Jan- just two months later in January, one of our leaders, I had been tagged again, paging Angela, the Christian sexpert. <laughs> um, and one of our leaders was like, Angela, that should be your TikTok handle. And I was like, yeah, you're right. All right. I'm go steal your TikTok. Totally on a whim. Like, <laughs> just like, I'm just going to reserve this like name. I'm not going to do anything with it. And then they were like, no, you need to like post like four videos a day when you're starting out. I was like, <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what they be doing. <laughs> <laughs> but I did. Mm-hmm. And then God, through it all, just confirmed. He's like, I know last fall you thought that like you were going to do this when you didn't have a kid in the house anymore. But um, I'm changing that timeline. It's now. Mm-hmm. You're going to do this now. And so things just blew up. Um, I realized that people are hungry for the messaging of freedom in their sex lives. Mm -hmm. Um, I started a series called Bedroom Games, posting ideas of games that you can play with your spouse. One of those, which is honestly literally the stupidest bedroom game I have ever posted, but this is how the algorithm works. Um, That one went viral. Of course. Like 5 million views. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yeah, this is the dumbest one. That tracks. Um, <laughs> I've had a couple others blow up pretty big. Um, and that gives me, so I kind of like the idea that I'm drawing people in with these goofy games that you can play with your spouse. But then this morning I posted messaging about how we don't need to experience shame. You know, we have been set free from that shame. And so drawing people in with the fun things and then hitting them with messages of grace and redemption and freedom Mm -hmm. and quality education, because there is just such a lack of like, this is exactly how you need to touch a woman in order to get her to orgasm Mm. or messaging like, um, 
on average, it takes a woman 20 to 40 minutes to be ready to orgasm. Men can be ready in five minutes or less. Um, talk, you know, educating about responsive desire and spontaneous desire, because those are two completely different things. Um, you know, all, all of the, we're not taught, there's no, when you go to a women's conference at church, they're not telling you, okay, here's how your anatomy works. Here's how you probably need to be touched. And here's how you can teach your husband to pleasure you mm-hmm. so that you're having good sex like that. Nobody in the church is teaching that. No. So here, let me fill this void. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's just like the pat. I think for whatever reason, the Lord put this on our hearts because <laughs> it's just a very random thing to like right. have, you know, <laughs> you know, some people go into ministry and, and like preaching from the pulpit and we're over here talking about sex, but it's all from Christ. So it's basically yes. the passion that the Lord has put on your heart. So um, as you know, if you already know, yeah, is never going to show up on a spiritual gift survey. Right. <laughs> exactly. Um, so as you say on TikTok all the time, like go have good sex. Um, why do you think it's so important for Christians to be having good sex? Because for years, sex has sex education, particularly in the Christian church, has been focused on the male orgasm. You will often hear me talk on my TikTok about the male orgasm is an idol within the Christian church. Mm. For years, if the church is talking about sex, they're providing messaging about how God created men to need sex. That's not in the Bible. <laughs> they created men, that God created men to be more visual. Also not in the Bible. <laughs> and there they're, the church's messaging regarding sex and marriage conflict is always, oh, are you having trouble in your marriage? Have you tried having more sex? <laughs> are you kidding me? First of all, why is nobody talking about the fact that sex is for women too? Mm. Women also want to enjoy sex. Second of all, you're only focused on whether he's orgasming. Nobody is talking about whether the woman's orgasming. Mm-hmm. It is statistically more difficult for a woman to orgasm. Let's reference the 20 to 40 minutes in order to reach orgasm, typically. And nobody's talking about the fact that a man needs to invest in her pleasure in order for her to reach orgasm. Mm-hmm. So the message in the church has not been about having good sex. It's been having more of it. By why would women want to have more of something that's not pleasurable for them? Right. And I feel like a lot of it, too, they're focusing on like, oh, your husband has to have sex. You know, he has to have sex. So give him that. Don't say no, which is so <laughs> which is so inappropriate. Threw up a little in my mouth. <laughs> and the conversation. Right. The conversation about consent in, mar- in marriage is nowhere to be found. No, nowhere to be found. But also, as a funny side note, that's the like big theological Jesus reason about why I say go have good sex. The real reason is one of my friends was performing from my ministry, was performing a wedding. And um, the couple are total geeks and like every geeky fandom. And so <laughs> she's like, guys, I need a bunch of lines about like love and marriage 
from different fandoms to put into this marriage ceremony that I'm performing. And so I was looking up Firefly quotes regarding like love, sex, marriage, whatever. And in a Firefly episode, Kaylee tells Wash and um, his wife, go have good sex. And that was kind of like the joke. And then Gal was like, but all these other things too. Mm-hmm. But really it's based out of geeky fandom. <laughs> <laughs> we'll say, we'll say they got it from God. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's exactly. good though. That's good. And I think, you know, adding to that too, and I tell my audience this all the time, at the end of the day, sex was made for Christians and marriage. That's who it was made for. Yes. So that's who should be having good sex at the end of the day. Like, Yes. Why would anyone else be having more better sex than Christians? Seriously. And the thing is, like Jesus said, I came to give you life and life in abundance. Mm. Why do Christian women think that doesn't apply to their sex lives? Mm. Like women are more capable of multiple orgasms than men are. Men have a much longer refractory period. Now, men can learn to have multiples. But women are just physically, like, out the gate. Like, you can have multiples. Yeah. Out the gate without, like, really focusing your attention on learning how to do it. Mm -hmm. And if God wants abundance in your sex life, like. Sounds like abundance to me. Abundance right there. And. Exactly. The penis has, is a multifunction tool. The clit is the only organ in the human body that is only designed for pleasure. Mm -hmm. And so these Christian women who have this indoctrinated belief that sex is just for men and they are just need to spread their legs and think of England. Like that (laughs) is not what God has called us to. Yes. That's so good. That's so good. And, and what we're talking about right now, we don't just know it because like we were, we grew up knowing this stuff. You can look into this stuff we're talking about and learn it for yourself. Like knowing your anatomy, um, knowing refractory periods and things like that, knowing that you can have multiple orgasms. Th- these are all things that you can learn as well. Um, so why do you think that it's like from my Patreon? I have a Patreon where I teach all of these things. I have tutorials on specifically um, how to experience, like if you suffer from good girl syndrome, like here's a tutorial on how to touch your body to discover what feels good to you. I have mm-hmm. tutorials with my little friends here on different <laughs> positions. If you're um, watching. It's wooden dolls if you're listening to this yes. on audio. <laughs> um, you know, so there's, and I am constantly pointing to other resources where you can learn these things. Like, yeah. I'm sure if you are following this podcast, you've heard it. The Great Sex Rescue. Spectacular book. Yes, I've heard um, it. Yeah. I need to read that. People will talk about it a um, lot. I need to read that. Oh my gosh. Yes. So much good information in that book. Yes. So then my question to you is why do you think that um Christians are so like nervous to diversify their sex lives? Because, you know, you get past marriage, you you're having sex, but why do you think they're so nervous to diversify it? Part of it is the purity culture messaging. So, you know, prior to marriage, Christians have been taught we cannot think about sex. We can't do sex. We can't talk about it. You know, once you get married, all of your needs, you know, will be met by your wife or your husband Mm. and it'll be fine. So there's this, you're automatically coming into the marriage with the shame of enjoying it. So 
first you have to get past the, oh, I can actually enjoy this, but I don't know how to enjoy it because that's not taught. Nobody, you know, nobody's, I literally have done premarital coaching sessions where I had a 40 year old woman look at me and say, I don't know, is it like messy? Like what happens? Mm. And I had to walk through like, yeah, there's like a lot of fluid happening. (laughs) And, you know, we're going to put thing P into slot V. And this is a way that, you know, and it might be painful. And they're just the complete lack of even mechanical instruction prior to Mm. marriage. Mm. And so just learning to enjoy it at all is a huge hurdle for a lot of couples. But then we also come to, you know, the problem with the puritanical church in America. Um, We know statistically America is far more repressed in its views on sex than the rest of the world Mm. um, because of, you know, the puritanical history of the country and, you know, everything like that. And we can talk about um, why we have circumcision in America as the way that we have it today was not because it's cleaner. It's because some guy was like, well, this might stop people from masturbating so much and having too much pleasure. I did hear that before. I've heard that before. <laughs> it's true. And, and so like you literally have the the history, this foundation in America of like, you can't have too much pleasure. Mm-hmm. And then we have the problem of people don't, there are no resources where people can go and not encounter non-Christian ideologies to mm-hmm. learn about sex. Yeah, because I so, guess people are so, using pornography and and people don't want to use pornography so it's like i guess i won't just i just won't learn right so pornography and there are some other like educational sex education for sex websites out there but they are going to include messaging about having a threesome or you know mm. polyamory or same sex sex or things like that or it's going to have nudity in an educational sense but Christians don't want to encounter any nudity, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's just a complete lack of resources, you know, to even turn to, to say, well, what else can I do besides just spread my legs and think of England? Mm-hmm. What what other activities can I do? I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Okay. So for those people, what do you think are some good questions to ask even before having sex, where should they start? Oh man. Um, find a community of friends, um, you know, young marrieds, older marrieds who are willing to have those conversations with you. Mm. Um, you know, to, if you can't go to your parents or to your older siblings or something to ask about the mechanics, to ask about your own anatomy. Um, there are, um, there's not, a whole lot of like Christian sex education books on the market that I would recommend Mm -hmm. Um, off the top of my head. It's going to be the great sex rescue, good girls guide to great sex, good guys guide to great sex are going to be the books to turn to. But if you're looking for just literal, like how do the mechanics of sex work? Try and find 
a mentor that you can talk to about that and just be upfront and say, you know, I, I, I don't know. I don't have any education in this area. Can you help me understand the basics? I'm not asking mm-hmm. about your sex life. I literally just need to know mechanics, basics, things like that. And because until the younger generation starts asking the questions, the older generations aren't going to just start volunteering the information. Right. Like, they need to realize that this is a need that needs to be met. Mm-hmm. And the change is coming in the church. Uh, my husband and I joined a new church back in the spring. And the second week we were there, the first thing I said, I we talked to the pastor and I said, I need to know if my job is going to be a problem if we choose to join this church. Mm. Um, and the poor man was not expecting to hear that I'm a sex educator. It took him a minute of like, you you do what online? What? You, <laughs> what? <laughs> Um, and then once he really grasped what i do he's like no actually that's fantastic we love that my wife is going to be so excited to have you join our church yeah um because the change is coming Mm. people are hungry for the information and pastors are have not quite figured out how to get that information available but a lot of pastors want to. And so it's coming, but we need to continue to ask the questions and push to make the information available. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Okay, so so for the couple who is ready, you know, they're ready to have good sex. How does that conversation start between the two of them? What kind of questions do they start asking each other? Um, one of my favorite things to recommend is, let me reach into my drawer of tricks here. <laughs> is a sex journal. If okay. you're listening on audio, I've got a journal here that's got some pretty decoration with a heart. And this is what I refer to as a sex journal for couples. Mm-hmm. So what I suggest doing is you propose the idea of a sex journal to your husband or wife. Um, easy way to do that is to send them this podcast or find <laughs> one of my videos on TikTok and send them the TikTok video. Um And the way that it works is you're going to use this journal to write down your fantasies, your desires. They're not the same thing. Um, You're going to write down, um, you know, if you guys had a sexual encounter last night, then you're both going to sit down and you're going to write about what really worked for you that during that encounter and something that you maybe wish might have happened differently or in addition to. Um, Mm. And you pass it back and forth. You're able to read each other's thoughts. And the great thing about functioning with a journal in this way is it takes that inherent fear of rejection that we all have. Because when we talk about intimacy in marriage, to be intimate is to be deeply known on the inside at the core of who we are. And we all on some level, experience a deep fear of our partner seeing that deepest part of who we are and rejecting us. Mm. Are my are my fantasies too much? Are my desires too much? Is it too wild? Is this are they going to think I'm dirty? Are they going to think I'm perverted? You know, and so it can be really intimidating for spouses to when they are just starting on this journey of deepening their sex life to look each other in the eyes and 
say those words out loud because they're afraid of what they may see on their partner's face. Mm. But if we put it into writing, then our partner can read it in private, process their own feelings. And if they do have an issue of, ooh, okay, responding in writing gives them time to get that, that, that tensing up out of their system, examine their own feelings, figure out why this made them take a step back identify it, work through it, to be able to come to their spouse from a purely a place of compassion Mm. for who their spouse is and wanting to further build the intimacy of the relationship. Yeah. I love that idea. I actually haven't heard that before. I love that. That's awesome. So and, and the thing that I have usually heard is like the kind of the um the stoplight thing where, you know, you put what you're comfortable with on the green, the yellow is what you're, you know, you're willing to try. And then Rudd's like, I'm definitely not doing that. So these are two awesome tools. I love the idea of a sex journal. So yeah, I think that's great that they have this opportunity now to, and and I definitely love the part where, you know, they have time to process it because in that initial conversation, it could completely throw them off. So I think those two things can work hand in hand actually to where you start with the sex journal and then in a later conversation comes in the stoplight of like, okay, let's really have this conversation now. So that's really good. Yes. So in addition to that, um, what can you tell the people about the marriage play date? So the marriage play date is basically what you're describing in the stoplight system. So a okay. couple of things. I actually use the stoplight system in a different fashion, which I can tell you about in a second. Yes. Let's talk about the marriage play date. So the marriage play date is a date night experience for couples to go deeper in their sexual intimacy together. It is a list of over 500 sexual activities divided into two sections, a mild section and a spicy section. So if you guys are newlyweds and you're just starting to dive deeper into broadening your sexual horizons, I recommend starting with the mild list um, because things do get very spicy on the spicy list. And bear in mind that I personally curated this list. So everything's coming from a Christian worldview. So none of the activities on this list are going to include things that would be biblically not okay. Um, There are going to be things on the list that people may be offended by or kind of grossed out by. And that's okay because nobody's going to want to do all 500 things in a lifetime. Yeah, and that's, that's okay. That's a lot. That's very ambitious. <laughs> it, it is. Um, and so the way the marriage play date works is you're going to have an at-home date night. You guys are going to have a great dinner. You're going to have candles. You're going to have music going. And you're going to print two copies of, let's start with the mild side. You're going to print two copies of it. You guys are going to snuggle up on the couch or in bed together. And you're going to go through each of the activity on your list and give it a rating from a scale of, "Mm, I'm not really into this, to I want to do this all the time. This is delightful. Let's go do this right now. And once you have rated all of the activities, you're going to compare your ratings with your spouse's ratings. And you're going to see where your desires line up. And you're going to say, okay, now we have this entire library of activities to explore together that maybe you never knew that your spouse was interested in anal sex. Maybe you never knew that your spouse was interested in role-playing doctor-patient. You know, 
There's all kinds of things on the list that, and with the list, everything is fully defined. So you're not going to wind up like coming across some kind of a term that you have never heard of because you are a good Christian girl from a small town and going <laughs> off to the scary wild west of Google going, what does this term mean? I don't know if I'm actually interested in this. Oh my God, where am I? This is <laughs> not the place on the internet I want it to be. Yeah, we don't want that. All the definitions are right there for you. Yeah, and I think that's really helpful too. And I know you mentioned as well, like, it's nudity free, right? Yes. Yeah. And I think yeah, that's every all all of my content across all platforms is one hundred percent nudity free. The raciest that you're going to ever get from me is my little naked wooden dolls that have no faces. <laughs> uh trying to explain positions. And every every video I have done with these just ends in chaos and tears on my part off camera because they don't quite bend the way. <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna have to find that you might have to get one of them gummy things <laughs> so this is this is the it's an artist doll like it's the 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 wooden dolls that artists use to learn how to draw um so they're completely featureless mm -hmm. that's the raciest that you will ever find in any of my content yeah and i think you know so being that i am a, a therapist i do talk to um couples and you know, one side of the couple about um, their uncomfortability with their partners watching pornography and recovering from pornography. So that could be very triggering if they're learning um, different positions and things like that and seeing naked bodies. And that could be triggering for the husband as well or the or the wife that's struggling with pornography. Um, and I think that hinders a lot of Christians, too, from learning these things, because like you said, um, things without nudity, um, are not giving you the information that you actually need to know. So by you showing them with that wooden thing, you know, maybe you can find something more gummy in the future that <laughs> moves the way you want it to. But with that, it'll allow them that time to eat, to see and like talk about it. And it doesn't have to be something that's triggering for people who have watched pornography or have a spouse who used to. Yes. Yep. I wanted everything to be fully accessible to anyone who wants the information. Um, you know, like I said, with the the marriage play date, um, actually the marriage play date is only text. There's uh the marriage play date itself is text only. Um, and so it's just uh verbal descriptions of okay. an act. Um now I did include with the marriage play date, there's a bonus shopping guide. So if anything were to require like a vibrator or some kind of a tool that you would need to do the thing, um, I included a bonus shopping guide that has links to Amazon products. Um, but all I ensured at the time of publication, I ensured that all of the links on the Amazon products are completely nudity free. And awesome. I will be reviewing the links that are included in the bonus shopping guide, probably quarterly, to make sure that the links are still remaining nudity free. Mm -hmm. um, That's but awesome. unfortunately, with Amazon, I can't control what Amazon is, you know, changing up on their listings. Mm -hmm. So I do have that warning out there, you know, like I can't control this. But at the time of publication, it was nudity free. So, mm -hmm. yeah. And as you were mentioning sex toys, is yes. that okay for Christians? Absolutely. Absolutely. So here's the thing. Prior, there are his historically, 
Um, sex toys predate the writing of the Bible. I remember saying that. There is archaeological evidence that we have found of what is very clearly sex toys that were inserted into openings <laughs> that predate the writing of the Bible. Mm. So that logically tells us that people think sex toys are like a 20th century invention. No, like there is nothing new under the sun. They have been around since the dawn of time. So if God was really worried about people using them, he would have covered that when he gave us the Bible, Mm. but he didn't. Yeah, that's a great point. He didn't. There is nothing prohibiting usage of sex toys in the Bible. So I do say it is a personal conviction issue because there are people that have a history of triggers with pornography or, you know, there could be a million triggers regarding Mm -hmm. sex toys. So if you are personally convicted about a sex toy or if your spouse is uncomfortable with the use of any toys at all or certain toys, don't use them. Respect Mm -hmm. your spouse's boundaries. Um, You know, I'm not your Holy Spirit. Go take this up with Jesus. Take this up with the Holy Spirit. But if you're just looking for like biblical evidence, there is nothing wrong with sex toys. Yeah. And I think that point about it being a personal conviction is really what it comes down to with a lot of things with sex like the bible says that the marriage bed is undefiled so you can do a lot of things that is that is literally giving you permission to go have good sex like 500 (laughs) exactly um so so that also made me think about too because i know in different of different tiktoks of yours you have kind of outlined what you think is important to kind of keep around your bed or different like i saw this thing that you can like put on your bed and it's like water resistant or something you had. <laughs> it's like a yes. water resistant mat type thing. <laughs> are, are we talking about the bed wedge? Yes, that might be or, it. Wait, okay. no, not that. It's like okay. something to avoid the moisture from getting into your mattress. Okay, so there are waterproof blankets available. Yes. So <laughs> there That's are a bed wedge. <laughs> I was like, Girl, there's so many things that we could be talking about right now. I need to make sure we're on the same page. (laughs) 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 All right. So there are, so for my newlyweds, for my newlyweds listening to this conversation, Mm -hmm. you don't need all the fancy accessories. All you need is a bath towel and some quality lubricant to start off with. That's it. Mm -hmm. Now, for my poor folks out there, get some old, go to Goodwill, buy some old bath towels and keep a stack of them next to your bed. Lay one down before you have sex. Nobody wants to sleep in a wet spot. Okay. <laughs> That's just not comfortable. That's why we lay towels down before we get busy. But if you want to be fancy pants, if you go on Amazon, particularly my Amazon storefront, um, there are towels A lot of them say they are for protecting your couch from your dogs, okay? But they're waterproof. So the way it is, it's fabric and then a layer of PUL. PUL is like a plasticky waterproof fabric, and it's typically used in in cloth diapers. So Hmm. it's a layer of fabric, a layer of PUL, and then another layer of super soft fabric on top. Now... As with anything, kinky people realized, (laughs) 
let's put this on the bed and this will protect the bed from all the wet spots because it's not going to soak through. With a towel, you do have the risk of moisture seeping through the towel. Mm -hmm. Um, But you can buy specific waterproof blankets to protect the bed. Um, Now, I did mention the wedge. So the wedge is another option. A wedge can help couples um, achieve different angles for different positions. Um, It can help position for different sorts of sensation play, all kinds of things. Um, Liberator brand makes a series of wedges that are the interior is waterproof and the exterior has a removable cover that you can throw into the washer. Oh, that's awesome. Um, So that is also something when you said waterproof in bed, that's what (laughs) I was referring to. Okay, cool. Um, But yeah, as you were saying that, do you have any like, any like, you know, last um, advice for newlyweds that are getting ready to have sex? Talk about sex before you get married. You need to have the conversations. um, Because people go, listen, we were home from our honeymoon. And we had been home a week. And we got into bed. And I was like, hey, babe, are we doing it tonight? And my husband, the audacity, says, I'm too tired. <laughs> I worked outside 12 hours in a full plastic hazmat suit today. Oh, I'm wow. exhausted. Um, young me was not impressed with that and thought that was a load of nonsense. <laughs> um, so... <laughs> <laughs> that was a conversation that we should have had before we got married. <laughs> mm, yeah. Um, I did not handle that with the grace that the situation deserved. <laughs> and so <laughs> having the conversations about how are we going to reject each other's advances gracefully? Mm. How are we going to make sure that we are not going to be personally offended if somebody works outside for 12 hours and 90 degrees in a full hazmat suit and then be mad that they just want to sleep, <laughs> um, you know, how do we anticipate, you know, is there anything off the table? You know, do you right off the bat know that you have hard limits that you are not willing to cross? Mm-hmm. You know, are there things that you are willing to explore in the bedroom that you're not sure about? Um, you know, are there Things like a lot of people may go into marriage thinking dirty talk is a normal part of sex activities, but that may actually be super offensive to your spouse. And that could be a landmine that you step in without realizing it. Um, So having those conversations before you even get married about what your expectations are, what your limits are, how are you guys going to continue to have these conversations respectfully after marriage? Yeah. And I think your, you know, sex journal is a great segue into marriage, just like starting with that too. So before marriage, having the conversations and then, you know, just right off the bat when you start marriage and then you can see like the progression of your sex over the years. That's probably, that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. For sure. And I mean, if a, husband and wife wanted to give each other really magnificent wedding day gifts. Start the sex journal before you guys get married. Just don't give it to your uh, fiance 
prior to marriage. Give those, give them the journal on their wet on your wedding day. Ooh. And now you've got a whole thing, like a whole playbook of things that you can try on the honeymoon. That's awesome. Yes. I love that. Oh, oh my gosh. Number one tip for the honeymoon, by the way, buy at least three different brands and types of lubrication to take on the honeymoon because one, you don't know if you're going to need it or not. You probably will. Two, you don't want to be somewhere at 2 a.m. and realize that you absolutely hate the lu- the only lubrication that you brought with you. Mm. So take at least three different types and three different brands, and you don't know if your body's going to have a adverse reaction to one of them. Mm. So if you're engaged, buy at least three lubes, take them all with you on the honeymoon. Awesome. Yeah, these are great stuff. So this is a good segue into... Um, where the people can find you, because I think this is awesome, helpful information. So where can they find the information that you've been talking about and where can they find you? Yes. So my primary platform is TikTok. That's where I have the most followers. That's where I do the most things. Um, I also post on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. You can find my link tree from any of my socials. Um, Unfortunately, the TikTok overlords like to censor my content, even though it's educational and it's not against their terms of service. So there I am the Christian sexpert with some funky like sexpert is like S underscore expert. Mm-hmm. Um, but everywhere else is literally just the Christian sexpert. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. So it's, it doesn't even have your name as well. Just the Christian sexpert. The Christian sexpert. Cool. Yep. Okay. Wonderful. So... Man, thank you so much. This is like awesome. I love how much you've given them. And I think you're really just setting them up. They could literally listen to this and then go have good sex. (laughs) Um, That's the plan. Yes. So thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you for having me. I am. I was so excited when you asked. Yes. All right. So as you guys know, you can follow me at the Parallel Pod on Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. Um, remember to speak the truth in love, kiss the sun, and I'll be talking to you guys next week. Bye. Bye.